Everyone is afraid of something. Fear is healthy. It tells us when we're in danger. It motivates us for the purpose of preserving life. It's a protective mechanism. When we're afraid, we have a heightened sense of awareness of our surroundings, our heart beats faster, our pulse quickens, our blood races to our muscles, and this allows us to react quickly in a dangerous situation. Fear can motivate us to take our health more seriously. It can motivate us to take care of our bodies better, to pay attention to our finances. So fear is healthy and normal, and it can be helpful, but it can also be paralyzing. I'm gripped by fear, we say, and I imagine fear as a raptor with a nine-foot wingspan who holds its helpless victims in its talons. This kind of fear incapacitates rather than energizes. This kind of fear renders us passive rather than active. Now, Pastor George has mentioned that we have been looking at fear all month through the lens of our sermon series, What Are You Afraid Of? And we covered some biggies. Being afraid of the dark, being afraid of the demonic or evil, being afraid of death. Fear is real, and it helps to look it in the eye. Today we're going to hone in on a Bible verse that has been very helpful in the face of fear. But before we do that, I want to prepare you to receive what God's word has for us today by asking you this question. If you were granted one wish, do you know what you would wish for? Anybody? Well, maybe one wish, well, I'll get to that in a minute. I wanted to show you this clip first. My sister-in-law and my nephew's birthday are just a couple days apart. And this is what happened at cake time earlier this month. Crunching up of the face that nobody understood what on earth they were doing, that was them making birthday wishes. And when we asked Luke, why did you not, you know, blow out your candle? Why did you let your mom blow out yours? He said he wasn't finished making his wish. Just one wish, you know. You only get one per year. That's hard to narrow down. So maybe we need two wishes to cover our bases, or what about three wishes? Wouldn't it be great if every year at our birthday, each one of us got granted three wishes? Our passage today has not three wishes, but three gifts instead. Gifts, not from the universe, but from the God who created the universe, and we don't have to wait to our birthday to receive them. We can receive them today. So look out for them as we read. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. 
Now the book of Timothy was written to a young man of faith whose heart is turned towards Jesus, who has gifts for ministry, and Paul reminds Timothy of a ceremonial laying on of hands that happened sometime in the past. It must have been a very significant event in Timothy's life. It must have burned a fire in his soul, such a high point of his life. But time has passed, obstacles or discouragement, a mountain of hard work ahead or distractions or maybe just life have impacted that flame in Timothy's heart. The books of First and Second Timothy are written to young people, men and women, who start off strong in their faith but need encouragement. And they're written also for middle-aged men and women who are busy, busy with life, busy with work, busy building their lives, building their families, building their networks. And they too have had high points of faith in their life, but their flame has died down with a, just the crush of daily activity. And first and second Timothy are written to older women and men, folk who have gotten tired and maybe jaded. These are the people who say, been there, done that already. And upon reflection, they realize that their faith is more like embers than like flames. So the first thing that our passage says to young Timothy is remember. Remember that time when you received the gift of God. Remember. Do you have any high faith points in your life that you can remember? Sometimes it's baptism, but then there are other points where God meets us in a particularly strong way. And if we have received the gift of faith from God, then we have that to remember too. Now maybe you haven't received that gift of faith from God before, and today could be your very first day of receiving that gift of faith. But for those of us who have already had that day, we have received other gifts from him. Remember, remember. Remember and rekindle, our passage says. You can and you must, dear Timothy, dear reader, dear listening, listener, rekindle that spiritual flame. Pay attention to it. Nurture it. Blow on it. Blow your breath of your life on that ember of faith. And now we come to our main verse for today, the why and how to rekindle that flame. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Now, when I was a smarty pants kid, I knew what I would say if a genie appeared to me and said, I will grant you one wish. And I was gonna say, well, I wish for a million wishes. See how that goes? And then I would get everything I wanted. And then my life would be ruined. Ruined. I know that now with a little bit more wisdom under my belt. Because getting everything that we want is a disaster. For one, I would be a terrible, ugly person. Not on the outside. I know I would wish for beauty. I probably, in my youthful wishes. Uh, so I assume that I would be beautiful on the outside. But the stuff that comes out of that beautiful exterior would have been ugly and entitled and selfish and immature. And for two, all of the superficial wishes that I 
was thinking of back then come with barnacles attached. Unintended consequences. Like if we get a lot of money, a lot of trouble follows that normally. And for three, my faith would be very shallow because I hadn't, uh, didn't need to depend on God for anything and therefore I wouldn't get to know him. Difficult situations, difficult emotions drive us to God and if my wishes took care of all my suffering and pain, imagine that I wouldn't have to wait on God, which is kind of one of my least favorite things to do. Waiting on God is hard. I should say it's a hard thing to do. But waiting on God produces a test and a strengthening of our character and of our faith. If I got everything I wanted, I wouldn't have had to find my peace in God. I wouldn't know him as my shelter, as my refuge, as my rock. I wouldn't get to see him make a way for me when the doors clanged shut. Deborah talked so eloquently of God making a way for her. I wouldn't know that I needed him as a savior. If I didn't need a little saving in my physical life right now to point it out to me, to make the connection that my needs are not only physical but also spiritual, I wouldn't have known God as my savior. If I was granted all my million wishes, I could not have come up with three wishes as powerful as these three gifts that God holds in his hand, ready to give to us if only we hold out our hands to receive them. The gift of power, the gift of love, and the gift of self-discipline. So let's look at these gifts. These are God-given gifts. God is the author, and God does not give bad gifts. So any fear that we have, God has not given that to us. It is not his intention that we live in fear, be ruled by fear. It's not okay with God. Fear should be our signal to run to God, to trust God in the face of fear, and to hold our, our hands to him. And when we hold our hands out to God, what does God do? Does he slap them and say, oh, but you've been bad. Does he scold? You're in this trouble because you got yourself into this trouble. Does God attach us to himself by fear? You know, that's a way that people do attach others to themselves, through fear. People control others through fear. But not, not the God of love. It's quite a bold exchange program that we hold out our fear for him to take and he replaces our fear with his good gifts. Three God-given gifts. We receive not just one, but three gifts that will altogether root out fear. We have all experienced the reality that fear has a lot of power, but fear doesn't stand a chance against the power, the love, and the self-discipline that God gives us. There are three God-given spiritual gifts. Now, helpfully, our verse says you, we are to receive a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of self-control. So it doesn't just say you're going to receive spiritual gifts and leave it at that. They are named specifically and they're spiritual gifts, which means they are inward gifts at first, and they work 
on our heart, in our mind, in our will, and then they work their way out into the world as motivation, as action, as impacts on our daily living and the daily living of people around us. Three God-given spiritual gifts to knock out fear. And they are to become our new inner foundation to replace the instability of fear. These are a completely secure new foundation for us. So the spirit of power is mentioned first. Immediately with this first gift, we receive the strength to push back and indeed overcome fear. The Greek word for this, uh, for power is dunamis, that we get our dynamite English word from. So it's not just any power, but the power God gives us is the spirit of his resurrection power that conquers even death, dynamite. That's the power that can replace fear. The spirit of love, and of course, love that conquers fear is God's unconditional agape love. God's love is our security and our attachment to him. See, fear works by constraining us, by narrowing our world. Fear's focus is all about me, all about preserving and guarding and hoarding and protecting. But love, on the other hand, looks up to God and once secure, looks out to the others. So love doesn't play on fear's playground by fear's rules where fear is the king. Love doesn't even engage on fear's terms, but rather love unhooks us from those talons and removes us altogether from fear's influence. And the spirit of self-discipline, how interesting. That caught me by surprise. I would not have expected that with this trio of gifts. And again, this gift comes from God, not from our will. We think self-discipline is all about our will, and it will take all of our will, by the way, but it'll take more than that. And the more is what God gives. Self-discipline is a necessary antidote to selfishness because otherwise we would receive God's gift and use them up on ourselves. Let's be honest. Self-discipline is the conduit for getting God's love out into the world because once we have received these gifts, we are responsible for using them not only for our benefit but also for the benefit of others. God's wonderful gifts are not ours to hoard. And in fact, they don't bring us an easier life. Let's read the rest of this, our passage. 2 Timothy 1.8. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering. Join with me in suffering for the gospel. Well, that's, you know, that's an invitation. Join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was also appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed. 
for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Fear is all about what do we have to lose? What will diminish us? But Jesus will guard what we trust to him. It's safe with him. Verse 13, hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 14, guard the good treasure entrusted to you. And the, it's flipped in this verse. Now we guard the good treasure that Jesus entrusts to us. I love that it goes both ways with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Well, we are gifted with power, with love and self-discipline, enough to vanquish fear, enough to fill ourselves up, plenty enough and overflowing to impact our families, our friends, our community, the world. So remember God's gift of faith to you. Rekindle the gift of God's love to you. Receive God's gifts the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of self-discipline. Remember, rekindle, receive. Let's pray, and I invite you to just hold your hands. Nobody's going to be looking at you. Hold your hands out in front of you as a symbol, really, that you are in receiving mode. And let's turn to God together. Oh, God, how we need the spirit of power, for we are weak most of the time. How we need the spirit of love to change and transform our dealings and our ways of being in this world. How we need the spirit of self-discipline to make sure that we don't receive selfishly. How we need these three gifts from you, God. So we open our hands up to you right now. And we ask you to receive those three gifts now. And may we walk out knowing that those good gifts are given by a God who loves us and cares for us and provides for us. In Jesus' name, amen.